Welcome to the Beekeeper's Corner Podcast. May 31st, episode 175, Intervention. Hello everyone, my name is Kevin England. want to welcome you into the Beekeeper's Corner Podcast. This is a check-in episode. Check-in episode is one of those ones where I'm just going to talk about what I have going on. No particular agenda planned. Um, I think we're going to focus primarily on spring and the local hive report through this episode. Since there's kind of a bunch of stuff going on from that standpoint. First thing I'll say is I hope everybody's doing well. It's been uh, still COVID central here in New Jersey. Although things are starting to open up, I think people are starting to get a little bit lax and relaxed about the situation here. And it does look like the cases are starting to fall off. However, it doesn't feel like we should let our guard down. And I just heard recently that our workplace is talking about fall before we return to normal back in the office operations possibly so yes still sequestered at home and i think like many people who are home your honeydew list gets some attention been working on a bunch of different things around the house and they have one really big project last fall COVID or not we tore the deck off of the swimming pool and my concentration was to get the deck designed and rebuilt by the time hot weather came weather has been kind of odd since the last time i recorded and i find it unusual that it's the last day of may made it just before june and glad i got an episode in and i think last time i recorded was the last day of april so going back and thinking about early may i was still waiting for the temperatures to open up for working the hives Still had cool nights through the first two weeks of May, and then finally the weather broke. And in fact, last week it was hot in the 80s a couple times, with hot and humid this week uh, approaching what's going on. And, And that leads to the story of the local hive report. It's been a great spring. Tons of swarms, incredible forage, Bees are just super productive. We had a discussion today when we were at my brother's house as to whether that had anything to do with COVID. There's some reports that in Spain in particular, some of the honey harvests are double. And they're attributing that to possibly something to do with COVID. I don't know. I just think that every once in a while you get the right conditions with the perfect spring, right amount of rain. Um, This feels like one of those springs. You could do no wrong. All the hives look healthy. And I look to the number of swarms we've had this year. And just the plethora of swarms makes me think that this has just been a great spring. Hives are really healthy and doing well. I was kind of hoping the dynamic of work 
from home would afford more time to look in on the bees, and it has. I can't be shy about that. Occasionally, I get to go out in the middle of the day and take a look at what's going on out there. But the funny thing is, is I've just entered into two really big projects at work where I'm designing and architecting some solutions, and there's been some long hours. So here I thought I was going to be working at home and be able to knock off at a reasonable hour, and in fact, I've been working harder than usual, just because that's the way it is from a cyclical standpoint. So if I add those things up, working early, working long hours, during the weekday, and then home projects, yeah, it hasn't meant a lot of beekeeping, especially since the weather was kind of cool in the springtime, early spring, meaning April, March, April, early May. I've been focused a lot on reorganizing the garage. The last time I talked, I talked about how much comb I've replaced this year. And that project went really well. It was leading to Bailey Shook, which has been derailed. So I guess what I could talk about is how the hive's doing. <laughs> it's <laughs> what a strange spring it is here in our yard. I caught a swarm and put it in the full-size laying box. And the last time I looked at it, it was doing great. It's building out comb like nobody's business. My polystyrene hive built two full boxes of honey, lickety-split, and is doing great. I could just see it churning down there on the end of the row. Gave it two new boxes and haven't looked at those, but the top two are certainly ready to harvest. So I'm going to get a good spring from that. The other bees that were splits, divides, they're eh. I have a nuke that I started which came from a swarm that I captured. And it's just meandering down there. I don't know what it's doing. It's on pad number eight. I fed it, which is what you should do with the new hive in order to get them to build comb and do whatever. And they're not taking the food. And there's a minimal amount of forage. I wonder if there's something wrong with the queen. Same thing could be said about the cedar hive. It seems kind of slow. Same thing could be said about the eight frame hive. It seems kind of slow. The hive on pad number one, which is the scale hive. I'm going in a order of recollection. That hive is just loaded with honey and it had to build itself a queen. I found a queen in there, and what I saw was something that was reported by a bunch of beekeepers that I've noticed. There's a lot of nectar coming in, so much so that the bees are backfilling the brood area here in our area. And that hive, when I opened it up, every frame had, had nectar stored from top bar to bottom bar and through the sidebars. But something was unique. I was looking to see whether that hive raised itself a queen and whether the queen was mated and come back. In frame number two, when I pulled it out and looked at it, there was a hole in the middle of all the honey storage for the queen to lay, but no eggs. Frame number three, same story. Frame number four, same story, and there was the queen. So I left the hive and haven't been in it. 
If these hives are kind of sitting there doing their thing, then what the heck is going on? What's been occupying all my time? I really thought that I'd get in and do comb changeovers and all that stuff, but honestly, every time I go out in the yard, I get accosted. As I've been wandering through, doing inspections, May 17th was a, a good day for me to do inspections. I set the full day aside. Um, I took a peek in the hives on the 16th, which was a Saturday. And then May 17th, I was going to systematically go through all of the hives. As soon as I got out into the yard, I didn't even make it out past the satellite dish. If you've ever seen the videos, there's an old one from ancient times right next to the bee yard. I was being buzzed and harassed and actually got stung on the temple. I walked over to the A-frame hive and I was being buzzed menacingly by about six or seven bees. I continued to work down the row, unsure that Saturday of who was being the pest until I got to the gateway hive. I went all the way down the road to the nuke at the end on pad eight and then came back to pad number three, which was the gateway hive. As soon as I walked around, I was accosted by all the bees in there. What was weird is I typically can go out with a veil and a t-shirt, jeans, and not have a problem with my bees. That afternoon, I happened to be wearing a bee suit because it was a little bit cool. And all of a sudden, I was covered with bees and getting stung on the hands. So much so that I went and got gloves. I took the top off after smoking the hive, and the bees just poured out after me. As I continued to work that hive, I was getting stung through my jeans. I was getting stung through my gloves. I was super frustrated with that hive, and I just threw it back together. My plan was to go over to hive number one, and I just got so aggravated and depressed that I threw everything on the cart and left it. Have you ever had those days where you were just frustrated because the bees were being pissy? So I licked my wounds for Sunday and went back out to that hive, smoked it, and as soon as I opened it up, and I thought, well, maybe Saturday was a little bit cool, but Sunday was perfect. That hive just exploded with bees all over me. I was sure that it might be a little bit nasty. I've noticed that every time I go out in the bee yard, I've been harangued. And I thought that was the hive. Well, there was no doubt. This hive just got vicious. The entire population of the, of the front of the box came out and I was covered with bees. I had to retreat. Looking at the way the hive was, it reminds me of a hive that I had in the past, which was really nasty. And I'm positive that this hive was a blend of two hives that I put together late in the season. And I had pulled one of the hives from the far end of my property, yard two, and brought it down and combined it. And it's one of the nasty hives, and it, it just emerged as vicious. 
Well, the short answer is this hive is Africanized. I'm not going to say that I have definitive proof. I didn't send the bees in. But I've seen bees in Africa, and I've seen nasty hives, and I've seen videos of Africanized hives, and it just has super aggressive genes in the queen and whatever the bees have going on. So I planned to go take a look at this hive, and knowing that it needed to be requeened. So on the 23rd, the following Saturday, I put together a plan to go into that hive and divide it for the purpose of isolating the queen so that I could constrain her in one of the boxes and then go in, divide, find the queen and requeen the hive. That's what you do with a nasty hive. It's pretty straightforward. I went back on that 23rd and broke that hive down and I got destroyed. That hive harassed me as bad as any hive that I've been in from Africa and other places. I was successful in getting the queen excluder in, but I'm positive I could not find the queen. There's way too many bees in there. I'm positive that this hive needed an intervention in a major way. I spent a week thinking about the hive. What was I going to do with it? I should explain that it's on a bottom board. It has two deeps, 10 frames, wall to wall, full of bees. Then on top of it, it had two mediums. One medium was full and one medium was fairly new. And some of the comb was drawn. Some of it was fresh foundation. When I did my first inspections this year, when it was really, really cold, I pulled old frames and put foundation frames in. The good news is they built all those foundation out, most of it. Some of them it was a little wonky. But this hive is full strength, 50,000 bees, strong, easy. All week long I deliberated what I was going to do. In fact, Friday after work, knocked off about 5.30 in the afternoon. I sat down before I went up for dinner and I made a full plan of what I was going to do. I took two coroplast sheets out. I took a quiet box, which was a full-sized hive with no comb in it, with a flat coroplast sheet to go underneath it and a roof. And I made my plan. I literally typed the entire thing out. It was a thing of beauty. My plan was, smoke the hive really well, take the top box off, which is a medium, put it on the coroplast. So coroplast is that same material that you slide in for um, screen, bottom board, when you want to close it off for winter. That plastic, same thing that they make real estate signs out of, some of them, same thing they make political signs out of. I have a bunch of it in my garage, actually, from, you know, just general utility. I have a, a bag full of them. And I find them useful for this type of thing. So I made a map of all the things I wanted to do and all the equipment I needed. So the plan was put coroplast down on my hive bench, 
Take the top honey super, put it on that. Take the next honey super, put it on that. Put a cover over those, or screen. Take the top deep off, put it on top of that stack, and then put another coroplast over and put a weight on it. The intent here was to take most of the bees and put them on the bench so that I could go to the queen excluder because I had the queen excluder between the two deeps. So once I moved those boxes to the side and capped them off, I served two purposes. My hypothesis was that the queen was going to be in the bottom box. And the second hypothesis was if I move all the bees to the bench and cover them off, they're not flying and harassing me. Now thinking to myself, I shot a video. It would be neat to shoot an instructional video of how to do this. How do you go in, isolate your queen in a really massive hive, pinch the queen, replace her for the purpose of requeening the hive to get better genetics and get rid of the nasty bees. I already knew from the previous encounters with this hive that it was going to light me up. That they were going to be super aggressive. Now I have to say the best invention in the 10 years plus that I've been doing beekeeping is a three-layer mesh suit. They're amazing. And certainly my three-layer suit earned its keep in this go-around. In the previous encounters, even with gloves on, I got stung through the gloves. I typically go barehanded, and the first weekend I did, and I got my hands stung like a dozen times. Second weekend I had gloves, and I still got dung, stung a half dozen times. So this time, I put on two pairs of nitrile gloves and heavy gloves. I wanted to have some dexterity. So on my left hand, I had a welder's glove, and on my right hand, I had a canvas beekeeping glove, the kind that go up to about mid-forearm, thinking that would be a good idea. I put on three pairs of pants, one pair of long johns, one pair of jeans, and another pair of really large jeans over top of them. I was confident that one of the things I had to do when I went in this hive was go in protected. I did not want to feel uncomfortable. And I have to say, even still, when I first opened that box and started moving the mediums over and covered them off, I was standing in a cloud of bees. They were just ridiculously aggressive. More than any hive I've ever worked in my life, ever. If I pick up where I left off, the two top honey supers were on the bench, covered off with a double screen. The top deep box was sitting on top of them and covered off with the screen so that the bees could not exit. And I'm now looking at the bottom box sitting on the bottom board and it had a queen excluder on. So the queen excluder was to try and isolate the queen in one of the boxes with the intent that if I had left it for a week, as I started to go through the frames, I would be able to discern which one the queen was in because I'd find brood. You expect this time of year the queen is laying. Well, it became evident as soon as I took the queen excluder off and started pulling frames, there was no brood in that box. Queen was not in there. 
What was strange, and I filmed this whole thing with my camcorder, as soon as I took out the first two frames, every single bee in that box, everyone, came up and surrounded me. I was completely covered with bees. I don't think I've ever seen a time when I've had more bees on me. They were stinging the glove by the dozens, the left glove, and my right glove, they were stinging me to the point where they were getting through and stinging my skin, even though I had the beekeeping glove and two nitrile gloves. I was not getting destroyed like the previous week, but it was uncomfortable. The breaker was somehow one bee got through the gap in the zippers where they all come together underneath my chin and was inside my veil. And I really didn't want to get stung in the face. So I shut the cameras off and I walked away. I walked out of the yard, down to the road, down to the driveway, and I had a cloud of bees followed me, just like Africa. They followed me all the way out. I walked back up to the garage after walking through the woods a couple trips and I still had bees all over me and then at some point when I got in underneath cover of my garage and got into a little bit darker a lot of the bees left I still had a couple and I quick ducked in the garage and closed the door and a couple bees followed me in but for the most part they got disoriented in there. I was able to find another heavy duty welding glove and I was able to take my veil off and get the bee out. Luckily, I didn't get stung. I stayed calm. I have to give myself credit for that. <laughs> and then I went back. I went back to see what was going on. So when I got back, I pushed a button on the camera. But what I didn't realize is in the video camera, the function to save the battery because it was powered off for a period of time set in and when I pushed record it didn't record I thought I was recording I put the queen excluder back over just to close the hive off a little bit and I turned back to the boxes on the stack they were sitting on my hive bench to the left of the hive I decided to go through the top box now, to the other side, I set up a GoPro camera. I wanted to be able to do a post-mortem on this and be able to see all that I went through. I had the forethought to say, you know, let's set some cameras up and see what's going on. I opened the top cover off of that top deep. Now, remember, this is the top brood box sitting on top two honey supers. As soon as I opened it, cloud of bees back all over me. Now, when I walked back into the yard, I didn't get all the way to the bee yard coming from the garage, and I had bees on me right away. I, I didn't even get to the satellite dish, which sits behind. Now, my yard runs a, like a horizontal run along the edge of the property, and then there's the opening by the satellite dish where you go into my backyard. When I come from my backyard, I cross over a little tiny creek, and then I walk up uh, 20 feet and go beyond the satellite dish if you've ever seen any of the videos on the YouTube. I didn't get over the creek 
and before I got, and the bees accosted me. And I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking dozens of bees followed me there. So I went back into the hive, again, cloud, and I started going through that box, the top box that was sitting on the hive bench. I got to the third frame, and the hive was empty, meaning all the bees came out of that box and were flying in the air again. When I got to the third frame, it made it easy to find the queen because there were no bees on the frame, just a handful, but there was the queen, marked green. So what I know is, if I think back to last year, November time frame, when I wasn't here, it was in Africa, when I got done, I came back and the hives on that end were weak, and I combined them, and I brought the one hive, which was a split from my nasty hive, back down. Well, that's the queen that made it through. Now, there were two nasty hives down that other end. The other one, I replaced the queen in that hive, did okay. But this hive, obviously, the, the genetics weren't very good. I don't recall that hive being as nasty as it was. But needless to say, this spring, it was a bear. I found the queen. I brought her over to the camera to show, which, by the way, wasn't recording. And then I reached up on the frame to take her off. And when I did, I knocked her off the frame. She fell on the ground. You could tell by the GoPro camera because it was recording what I did. I'm looking on the ground trying to find the queen. She's marked with a green dot and she's in the green grass. I'm not finding her. I'm not finding her. I'm thinking to myself, well, I can't find the queen. What I don't want her to do is fly back up into the hive. I'll never find her again. So I take my feet and I start stamping on the ground because ultimately what I'm trying to do is dispatch this queen. I'm stomping on the ground in front of the bees. I decide, well, I probably stomped on her. I probably got her. I should put this thing back together. Somewhere I figured out that the camera wasn't recording and I turned it back on. I had said to the camera when it was off that I really think one of the considerations I have to make now is do I want to euthanize the hive? And I left it at that. I put the hive all back together. It was incredible. I walked out of the yard again after settling everything, back out towards the road, back down the path, out to the front of the road. I didn't want to go back to the house. I had a cloud of bees around me. I stood out by the road, walking around in and amongst the trees. This is a tip for you, Kevin moment. If you ever have a bee following you, and you didn't happen to have a bee suit or a veil or whatever, if you walk away from the hive, nine times out of 10, the bee will leave once you get a certain distance. But every once in a while, you're going to have that one that follows you. And that's aggravating as can be. What you could do is walk into a tree or a brush or something. What I like to do is find a pine tree. And if I walk with my head through the branches of the pine tree, a lot of times that disorients the bee that's following you. It basically just sweeps them off. 
So I go out and I find a bush or a tree and I walk through that back and forth and I find if I do that, the bee will leave. It can't keep track of you in the midst of all the brush sweeping over your head. End of Kevin moment. I decided to go back to the house. I went back to the house, to the garage, and I still had all the bees around me. So I played the same game. I went in the garage. It's dark in the garage. I turned the lights on and all the bees stayed with me. But when I turned them off, I opened the garage doors and the bees flew to the light. I thought to myself, well, I'm done with that. I'm inside the garage. It's dark. They lost me. I step outside and immediately I had seven or eight bees on me. They lingered out front of the house. I had to tell Sharon and, and Brian to stay in the house for 25 minutes. Every time I tried to sneak out of the garage to see if they were gone, they were on me immediately. At some point, in a little tiny rain shower, I was able to look. I didn't see a lot of bees flying around, and I ran, still wearing bee suit, gloves, everything, to the front door. Two bees picked me up. I went in the house and quick shut the door and isolated them outside. You know, they were pinging off the windows of the house for about 20 minutes to a half hour, both the front and the back of the house. Ah, they knew I was in there. Maybe they could smell all the pheromone from the stings that I got. But it was unbelievable. If you'd have went outside in street clothes for a half hour, 45 minutes after I came inside, you would have got stung, no doubt. And that leads me to a decision process. I took the cameras later that night when it got dark. I went and got my cameras, which I had left out in the yard. And I brought them down and I opened them up and I looked at the videos. And what I saw astounded me. I was just amazed at the number of bees that were trying to get me. And I started thinking back to the two weeks where the weather finally got warm enough to the bees were flying. And I remember stepping out of the back porch one afternoon and having a bee just buzz me right there. And I know Sharon's been buzzed in the backyard. And I know every time I've gone into the bee yard, the bees have been following us back. The other day, I noticed the dog running around the backyard <laughs> being chased. And I think she got stung. And the other thing that I know is the cat who wanders around and always comes out to the bee yard would not come out to the bee yard with me. Now, if I think about this, after seeing the video, I was convinced that I needed an intervention. I could not let this hive survive the way it was. Even though, what I should say, I forgot to talk about this, I dropped the queen on the ground. I cleaned everything up, put the hive back together, and I decided for giggles, I'd go see if I could find the dead queen. Now I'm still standing in a cloud of bees before I left. And I look down to the left and there's the queen in the grass with five or six bees next to her. So I picked her up and I mashed her in my glove. I'm positive I got her. Then I threw her down on the ground and stomped on her. 
I was furious with all this. You know, I'd love to do the Tracy thing from the Beehive Jive and take that queen and say thank you for your service, but not this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> After watching the video, I uh, pinged Bob Kloss and I said, listen, you got to see this video. And I put him on Zoom and we watched the video for a little bit. And we both agreed. I had already made my decision, but I just was curious to see what Bob would think. Um, that the hive had to go. The whole hive. Now, I want to talk to you about euthanizing a hive. Is it the right thing to do ever? I don't know. Um, I will admit right now as I sit here that you can do an intervention. You can correct the situation. You have to replace the queen. And if you do that, in time, that hive will come to whatever the queen genetics are. But I'm facing a situation where the bees are coming to the house. The bees are chasing the dog and stinging it. And the bees were so vicious, the entire hive came out and accosted me. I have to take in consideration that I have neighbors with kids. And if they're flying to my house to harass us in the backyard, they're flying to the neighbor's houses too. And I can't have that for my neighbors. The good news for us is our neighbors used to be beekeepers. We gave them a call and told them not to come down, but they have young kids. Everybody else is farther enough away. I don't think we'd have a problem. But the one neighbor that's adjacent to the property where we have the bees, that's a concern. The other thing that concerns me is sometimes people ride through that field next to my property with horses. And I, I am positive that if somebody went through on a horse, they would not make it past without being accosted by the entire hive. I can't go out in the bee yard 20 feet away without having half dozen bees circling me. Ever since spring broke, I have not been able to go out there without a bee suit on. My only option is to take that hive and move it somewhere to isolation if I want to rescue it. And quite honestly, I didn't think it was worth it. I don't know of any place where I could take them that I would want to incur the risk of setting that thing up and having someone inadvertently come across it. I don't know of a property I could think of where I would put that thing and trust that no one would ever come into contact with it. We're, we're in New Jersey. That doesn't happen. Uh, there's somebody everywhere. So I started to look up how to euthanize a hive. I made my decision and I'm going to do it. If you think about the way that the world used to work, you used to have skeps. And people used to kill the bees, take the honey, and then they'd reload the skep with new bees. There's so many different ways of yore to make a hive go away, perish. But one of the key things is you overwhelm the bees with some sort of chemical... I, I Sulfur was one thing that came to mind, right? If you look it up, that's what people used. They would burn some sort of sulfur product that would take away the atmosphere inside the hive and the bees would not survive. 
I started looking on B-Source and other places. There were some interesting suggestions. One, in particular, that seemed pretty common was dry ice. Put dry ice, seal the hive, the atmosphere will change and the bees will not survive. But in these COVID days, where are you going to get dry ice? And that seemed too fussy to me. I read a report where you could pour isopropyl alcohol into a hive. And the analogy was that you use isopropyl to kill the bees when you do a, a hive check, mite check. You know how quickly they succumb to that. So you could take a large bottle, pour it down through the seams in your hive, and then whatever hits the bottom board will evaporate, gas off, and kill the bees. My challenge was it was two deeps, two mediums. I don't know if the concentration of a large bottle would do the entire job. I know that the stuff evaporates really quickly, but I did not want alcohol in the hive after the deed was done. And the other thing is, alcohol is hard to come by right now because of COVID, the vid, as my brother and his wife call it, the vid. And, you know, I have two bottles of it, but I'm trying to cherish it and hold on to it. So the universal way that people say to do it is to pour soapy water on it. It has to be dishwash detergent of a degrease type. The best degreaser is Dawn, period. So I decided this was the weekend I was going to go take care of this situation. We didn't have enough Dawn dishwash detergent in the house. So it means you had to go to the grocery store, which I wasn't too thrilled about. We haven't, we've been really good at trying not to go out and do whatever, but decided this, this had to be the case. So we went to, so we normally go to ShopRite, but ShopRite was busy. We pulled up, there were tons of people and I didn't want to go in there and expose myself. So we went to Stop and Shop, which was not busy at all for some reason. Walked right in, was able to get detergent. I don't remember what brand I bought. They didn't have Dawn. It was wiped out. But they did have a dishwash detergent that was uh, extreme degreaser, it said on it. I think it was Ajax, maybe. So I bought a full bottle of that. Now, how do I come to the ratio of how much? I'm going to go on a sidebar here for a second. I have to talk about our friend Tim Schuler. He gave us quite a scare recently. I've had Tim on the podcast. He's the former state apiarist. He just retired recently, last year, and he was enjoying the life of being a beekeeper in New Jersey when he had a health scare. And he's in the hospital, went through surgery, came out of ICU. And now he's in uh, doing some physical therapy to recover to full health. We all in New Jersey pray hard for full recovery for Tim. I was thinking of Tim the other day. I was trying not to, I was paying attention, but I see all the stuff going on and I try not to be a nudge, but 
you know, I just decided that the best way to handle the situation was give Tim a call and just say hello. Tell him we were thinking, praying for him. He answered the phone and we got to chatting and I told him about this situation that we're discussing and that I wanted to euthanize a hive. And he's the one that told me, you need a cup of dishwash detergent for every gallon of water and you should use at minimum five gallons. So thanks, Tim, for that. <laughs> I do appreciate the guidance. One of the things that I did struggle with looking at the FDA website, or I'm sorry, the USDA website and other places was nobody really told you how to do it. They just said to use soap and water. So that's how I did it. Let me talk about what happened. I did euthanize my eye this morning. And you have to think about all the turmoil I'm going through. Because I know if I show that video that I shot, which I think I want to post as an educational video still about how to deal with a nasty hive, people are going to just lambaste me for killing my hive. I think when they see the video of how vicious the bees were, a lot of people will understand it. But there's still going to be some of those people out there that say, you should have saved this hive. Okay, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to tell you what I did. So like the plan I did to go through and find the queen and kill her, I made a plan to uh, euthanize the hive. I hate that word, but that's the word. I went out with three pairs of pants on, two pairs of gloves, my full bee suit, and in the evening, dark, I put a hive entrance guard on the front to close the entrance off and taped it all off. As soon as I walked up to the hive, they all started spilling out. I had to do it really super quickly <laughs> because the bees were on alarm, even in the dark. It was incredible. I'm so glad I suited up. I thought, well, maybe it was dark. I wouldn't get now, not with this hive. Then what I did was I took the top off of it. I did smoke it, even though it was irrelevant. Smoke did not impact these bees. I didn't mention that, but smoke, no difference. Smoke them, don't smoke them. At some point, I stopped smoking because it just was irrelevant. It didn't matter what you did with them. Smoke had no impact to mask any of their alarm. I pulled the cover off inner cover and then I put a full screen over top again a double screen and I closed the hive off for the night now when I took the inner cover off some bees got up and out and from the front entrance some bees got out so I knew when I came back to the hive there were going to be bees outside of the hive trying to get back in and hanging around the top the front of the hive so this morning I went in and filled two five-gallon buckets halfway. I poured half the dish detergent in one, half in the other. I brought a ladder out, and I went out with a squirt bottle, which I put soapy water in. I was able to take the roof off the hive. By the way, I didn't get to the satellite dish, and some bees were accosting me. But the good news is it was far more quieter. 
with that hive all sealed up, I was able to walk around the yard, and there was only two or three bees, the stragglers from last night, out and harassing me. I set the ladder up. I brought a ladder out with me, and I climbed the ladder, and I dipped a smaller container, and I just poured water, soapy water, through the seams of the top box, probably about a gallon, gallon and a half. I could see down in the hive that I had decimated the top box. I was able to pop the top box off and pour it in the next box. I'm pretty sure that by the time I got to two and a half gallons, I had zapped almost all the hive. But it was quick and it was effective. I didn't mess around. I still took the remainder of whatever was in the buckets and poured it through the entire hive to make sure I got as much as I could. At some point I had taken one of the buckets and set it behind the hive and whatever was flowing out went into the bucket and I used that to fill a spray bottle. Even though I got all the bees in the hive, there were still the bees out front and I sprayed them with the spray bottle until they were done. It was awful. It was awful to have to do it, honestly. Broke my heart. But the interesting thing was, within five minutes of it, there were still a couple bees up in the air and doing whatever. I could take my suit off and walk around in a t-shirt. They still harassed me. And I had to go back later in the afternoon when they all settled down and spray them. And I think there'll probably be a couple lingering bees from that hive flying around the apiary for a couple days. But within time, they'll be gone. I will tell you that it has not been enjoyable whatsoever to work bees this spring. Every time, even with gloves on, I've been getting stung. I've had to wear a full suit, and there's nothing more aggravating than having bees in your face the entire time, even when you're wearing a suit. I left the hive sitting out there. I'm going to wait till it rains and washes through the hive, and systematically I'll collect it, bring it back, and I will wash it all out. And I hope at some point to come across the colony to put back into it. There's honey in there. There's brood, which is not going to get cared for because there's no bees to do that. Um, it's a mess. It's a mess to clean up. It's a terrible situation to have to deal with. But I know one thing this weekend, when I get another free round, or this week, if I can get an evening... I have to go back and pay attention to the rest of my hives because this has been a terrible distraction. At some point I'll produce the video. And one of the things I did was I created a video. I happened to be, as I think I mentioned, at my brother's house. And I gave him a hive earlier. And what a difference. <laughs> we were at his house. I'm standing in a t-shirt. Open the hive up did whatever. We smoked the hive, but we probably didn't even have to, and the bees were as calm as could be. I shot a short video 
to indicate to people that this is typical. Bees are docile. You don't feel like you're in harm. You could probably work them in a t-shirt without a veil, although a veil's a good idea. I always recommend that. And that's a complete opposite of what I'm about to show you. And then in the video, I think I'll show them that I had to euthanize the hive and this is why and show them how bad the bees behaved. I don't know, I'm still thinking about how to produce that video and whether I'm going to post it. I guess after saying all this, I have to post it because you, you must be wondering what it looked like. When I showed it to Sharon, she <laughs> it was incredulous. And I think anybody that looks at it is going to think the same way. Yeah, I sit here and think about it and wonder whether I made the right decision, but in the end, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I really just, you know, the biggest thing was I don't mind getting stung. I think, you know, if the dog gets stung in the backyard, that's not great and all that, but really, I, I just could not tolerate if any of my neighbors or someone happened into that property. I know one of the things that happened is they just recently plowed the field and they'll be back this week to put corn in that field. And I'm concerned that when they come in and run the corn rowers that the bees are going to go uh, chase the farmers. So timing was essence. The other thing that I was thinking about is that hive had the bad genes. And the bad genes are in the drones. And the drones are flying around our neighborhood. And I certainly don't want anyone else's hives requeening themselves with those drones. In that respect, I probably could have acted faster, but it just took me a while to think through the logistics and figure this all out. So I don't know, have you ever done this? Have you ever faced a situation where you felt you had to do this? And I have to mention that I have, in the past, requeened hives that were nasty, not, a, not anything like this, and successfully turned them around. So the thing that I would say to you is if you ever face this situation, look at it on a case-by-case -case basis. If you have the opportunity to pinch your queen and replace her and have a period of anywhere from 25 to 40 days for that queen to repopulate the hive, depending on what time of year it is. That's the general rule of thumb. 20 to 45 days it takes for the population to turn around during an active season. If you can afford to do it, I, don't do what I did. But I think when you see the video, if you get to watch it, I'll try to post it this week. It just depends on whether work permits me the time to produce it but yeah I think you could tell I think I talked 50 minutes straight on this thing that's been going on I'll end the episode uh, here with one kind of funny aside I have to say hi to Elizabeth from Dartmouth probably should have done this in the beginning because Elizabeth if you listen through all this <laughs> so here's the story this is a funny story my brother Keith came on the podcast recently we were chatting 
We mentioned his daughter Carrie Ann, lives in Grafton, New Hampshire, works in the COVID unit at the hospital, and has a friend named Elizabeth who wanted to get into beekeeping or is getting into beekeeping. And hmm, there's Tiger, the bee cat. <laughs> it just scared the crap out of me. Come here, Tiger. The cat's an outside cat, so the fact that she just crawled underneath my legs here and made me worry. She was awful big. Anyway, where was I? Elizabeth, Carrie Ann's friend, was into beekeeping, decided to listen to a podcast. Guess which one? It was Keith and I talking about beekeeping, and we were mentioning Carrie Ann in Grafton. <laughs> And she starts listening to all this and she put it all together that she works with Carrie Ann and she's listening to Carrie Ann's father. I had no idea that he was anything to do with beekeeping and, and his uncle. Isn't that funny? It's funny how some people encounter the podcast. So Elizabeth, if you're out there listening, hi. Hope you're doing okay. If you're getting into beekeeping, hope you're uh, having a good time. Send me a message, call Carrie Ann, tell her you want to talk to me. All right. What's going on? Whew. Next week, uh, after this week coming up, I'm going to take a week off. We're actually going to go racing Saturday. Uh, tracks in Pennsylvania are open, and Corey told me today that he's going to run Hamlin Speedway. So next Saturday, first racing event of the year. And actually, I'm going to wear my mask, and I'm going to be a good boy. I'm going to do as much social distancing and just participate with our crew. And I'm jonesing to get out. Haven't been out at all, except to like the grocery store. So we're going racing, but the following week, I'm going to take a week off and take a break and do a lot of beekeeping. And one of those days, I'm hoping to scoot over and meet with Bob Kloss and do some queen rearing. So we're still working on springtime, building the hives up. Uh, need to do some inspections and see how my hives are doing. Need to do more of my comb replacement. Need to do my mite checks, which I have not done yet. I've been totally distracted with having to solve this hive problem and now that it's behind me, I'm looking forward to a peaceful and productive time in the bee yard. That's my story. It's been an interesting couple weeks since the weather broke. I really hope that you are having a great spring, not as adventurous as mine. I've heard here and there from beekeepers, sorry, haven't had a chance to uh, circle back with a lot of you, but uh, I've heard it's been a good spring. I hope you're feeling the same way about it. and. I'm looking forward to the weather and the COVID uh, summer moving past and opening things up. Maybe getting some beekeeping conferences. I know that uh, there are beekeeping online courses, so between the podcasts and other things, there should be plenty of time to get zen with beekeeping. I am sitting here at almost 11 o'clock. i got to work tomorrow, and I'm tired, and I'm rambling. So I think this is where I pull the plug.
Apologies for not being around. Sometimes life gets in the way. I will try to come back with a more conventional episode. The funny thing is, is I have a bunch of stuff prepped. Just haven't had a chance to sit down and record it. And I will do that shortly. Like our beloved bees, when beekeepers go together, we can accomplish great things. Thanks for listening, everyone, and be well. Talk to you next time.